My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Elio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon. To get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shoutouts, merch discounts, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, screenshot and DM it to us, and we will shout you out on the podcast. And also, we will probably shout you out anyway on our mini mailbag episode because uh, we check um, <laughs> and we appreciate it. Uh, Melissa, who are our new patrons? We have a we few. We've got Hannah R, Ian K, Mariah R, Ursula K, Ooh. Tony S, Maria, MJ Beck, and Jenna M. Do you think that's Tony Soprano? Tony Soprano and Ursula from Little Mermaid. <laughs> and Maria, is that are you? Is that Maria? You are you a patron yet? Or no? Uh, no and I never will be. You can't. You'll never be able to get me over there. Cool. But I'm going to say to the listeners: if you're not patrons, you're dead to me. Awesome. Okay, great. I'm super excited for our episode today. Um, it was a little mini Patreon episode where I read some articles that I found. 
and people seemed into it. So um, I thought that I would make a full episode of it. Also, it's very like apropos, if that's the right word. Yes, it is. That word is apropos. Yes, to the podcast. <laughs> um, we're in a hot political climate right now, just like a hotbed, you know, election news and all this, you know, stuff going on. And I thought, what better topic than to discuss Washington, D.C.? Uh-oh. Am I echoing? It's gone now. Oh, my God. Well, this this episode is about ghosts. And maybe that was a... I took one of my ear pods out. So it might have been that. No, that was a ghost, Maria. Don't, <laughs> don't, ruin, okay. don't ruin this for everyone. Shut anyway, up, Maria. Anyway, this episode... <laughs> Shut up, Maria. Anyways, this episode is about how Washington, D.C., and specifically the White House, is haunted. As hell. As hell. Uh, <laughs> while it might seem pretty obvious that the White House is emotionally and politically haunted, especially right now, did you know that it is also allegedly haunted by ghosts? Ooh. Ghosts of former presidents, first ladies, pets, <gasps> children, and staff workers. Huh. Michelle and Barack Obama reported hearing strange noises in the hallway and feeling a gnawing at their feet. What? what? Yes. <gasps> Jenna Bush told none other than Kelly Clarkson that uh, she claimed she heard piano music coming out of her fireplace. What? I Girl, I know. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln held seances in the Red Room in attempts to channel the dead. Oh, God. Are you guys ready to get into the haunted history of Washington, D.C.? Yes. Mm -hmm. Good. I wanted to hear a yes. <laughs> Amen. Let's get into it. The White House is haunted as hell, and it's not only nutcases who believe it. <laughs> I love nutcases like me. Even President William Howard Taft's main military aide, <laughs> Major Major Archib Archibald Butt, I'm wrote sorry. his <laughs> Major Butt is <laughs> <laughs> okay, so even Howard Taft's military aide, Major Butt, wrote to his sister Clara, It seems that the White House is haunted. The ghost, it seems, is a young boy. From its description, I should think about 14 or 15 years old. Mm -hmm. They say that the first knowledge one has of the presence of the thing is a slight pressure on the shoulder as of someone were leaning over your shoulder to see what you might be doing. Huh. In 2009, uh, Michelle Obama was answering um, questions, I think it was like from kids, and they were like, one of the kids was like, is the White House haunted? And Michelle Obama said that she and Barack, uh, Barack would be awakened by loud noises coming from the hall, 
And when they would investigate, they would find nothing but complete silence. Wait, she told that to a kid? Yeah, and then the kid killed killed himself. (laughs) Like if a kid is like, is the White House haunted, Mrs. President? Well, actually, Timmy, it is. (laughs) It's very much so. And it's terrifying. There's dead people, honestly, everywhere. That's cool that she did that. (laughs) I know, that's legit so sick. Um, So the first ghost who um, haunts the height the white house the most is um good old honest abe abraham lincoln according to history.com and we'll get into this in a second uh lincoln who is believed to have attended only two of the seances held by his wife in the white house actually foresaw his own death more than once including in a dream he had shortly before he was killed whoa so i don't know if like Abe was attending these seances and having these like premonitions and like predicted his own death. I don't know if he was like a psychic or like a super empath or something, but something was up with Abe Lincoln. And now apparently he is just the most uh, common ghost in the White House. So Abe is the most prominent. And apparently he shows up uh, when the world is in like a time of need. So Lincoln's ghost has been seen by Grace Coolidge, the wife of President Calvin Coolidge, standing at the window of the Oval Office. Lincoln has also been seen by Lady Bird Johnson. She was watching a documentary about Abe Lincoln's death and in that moment felt his presence very strongly in her bedroom. Ooh. Which is horny. It is. <laughs> And another horny Abe Lincoln sighting is um, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who visited the White House more than once during World War II, told a story about emerging naked from his evening bath, smoking his customary cigar, only to find a ghostly Lincoln sitting by the fireplace in his room. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) You're telling me. So um, Lincoln apparently just visits uh, presidents when when they need help and also like when they're getting out of the bath um, <laughs> is his vibe. Then uh, Andrew Jackson is another president whose spirit is apparently like still trapped in the White House. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew Jackson is the angriest president to haunt the White House. Oh, holding grudges uh, because he lost his first election. I guess he ran twice and he lost the first time and won the second time. God knows I'm not good at politics, but I guess he was like real bitter that he lost the first time. Mary Todd Lincoln said that she could hear Andrew Jackson stomping and swearing through the halls of the White House, cursing invisible staff members out. Whoa. And... Yes. And the Rose Room, where Jackson resided, is apparently the most haunted room in the White House. The Rose Room. How mad could you be? You're on money. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, made he's it. On the, like yeah, he's on money. But what dollar is he on, though? Isn't he on the tw- $20 bill? Maybe he wants to be on the hundo. Those are the Benjamin. That's Benjamin. Dollar. And he wasn't even a president. That's probably why he's so mad. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. why does Ben Franklin get to be on the hundred? He's just walking around being like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if like he left $20 bills everywhere? <laughs> I mean, no, that'd be tight. That'd be cool. <laughs> and then this one is actually my favorite haunting in the White House. 
And it is David Burns. Okay, so David Burns was forced to give up his land rights so that the White House could be constructed. Oh, Asher's pissed. (laughs) (laughs) He's fucking steamed. According to History.com, a lesser known early White House personality who has said to haunt the halls was David Burns, who sold the government most of his land on which the city of Washington, including the presidential residence, was built. I like what is what is out there. Well, maybe There's he's trying to warn street. you about maybe David Andrew Burns. Jackson's there yeah. doing yeah, something. That's true. <laughs> the spirit of Andrew Jackson is an Andrew, she's there the throwing 20s outside my house. Just making it rain 20s outside. <laughs> I know. God, could you imagine? Everyone would be summoning him. <laughs> that's who we should have a seance for. Yeah. Um, so Lillian Rogers Parks, a seamstress who chronicled her 30-year uh, career working in the White House in a 1961 memoir, told the story of a valet to President Franklin D. Roosevelt who reportedly heard a disembodied voice coming from the distance in the yellow oval room saying, I'm Mr. Burns. During Harry S. Truman's administration, a guard heard a similar voice, thinking it was then Secretary of State James Burns. He went looking for him, only to learn that the secretary hadn't been at the White House that day. They keep hearing voices saying, I'm Mr. Burns. (laughs) Maybe it's it's Mr. Burns (laughs) from from The the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, so this guy is really upset that he gave up his land for cheap and then they built the White House on it in like most of Washington, D.C. And now he's just like haunting the White House. Being yeah, I like, bet he is. Uh, I'm still here. And I like how he's just introducing himself over and over again. Like people are walking by him and he's like, um, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Burns. And people are like, we don't we don't care. He's like, I own this land. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. No yes, one I do. does not matter to anyone. <laughs> this one is crazy to me. And it's a demonic cat, which I oh. had not heard of at all. See, here's the thing. Most of these I believe. This one I don't. <laughs> okay. And you guys, you guys can tell me what you think. Okay. okay so then there's also apparently a demonic cat. Okay. Here's the thing is that there's a big window in my living room. And every time someone walks by, Asher just goes nuts. That's good, though, that he's protecting you. Or he's saying, help, help. <laughs> yeah. Mom, mom, help. Mom's telling scary stories again help mom thinks she's a podcaster um okay there is also a demonic cat ghost that allegedly haunts all of the government buildings in washington um and it was seen before the stock market crash and before kennedy was assassinated it like kind of has a similar vibe to mothman where like before Before bad thing, it's like a harbinger, 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 is that the word? Harbinger, harbinger, harbinger. You want me to look up how it's pronounced? Oh, (laughs) yeah, Maria, could you help me out? Oh, boy. This is how you say it. Pussy magnet. (laughs) Did you hear it? One more time. Pussy magnet. Okay, great. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it's a bit of a pussy magnet of doom. (laughs) This is, I was going to like, this is what it says about it on the internet. So the story of the demon cat dates back to the mid-1800s. 
Um, when cats, cats were brought into basement tunnels of the United States Capitol to kill rats and mice. Legend has it that the demon cat is one of these cats that never left after it died. Hmm. So what? its home is apparently, uh, the basement crypt of the Capitol building, which was originally intended as the burial chamber for President George Washington. Oh. Yeah. So it's like, George Washington was supposed to die here. Like, I'll do it instead. I'd love to get a map of the underground tunnels. I know they go into them in National Treasure, right? Don't they go under the yes. into underground tunnels under the White House? But I'd love to see them. Like, I just love to get a good look at what goes on under that White House. Did you guys ever watch the show Ghost Rider? No. No. Well, never mind. Then. Well, they do an episode about underground tunnels in New York. Oh. Oh. Well, you know, that's, that's, there's that, which obviously we don't agree with, but there's that weird QAnon theory that like, of like the mole kids. The mole kids, yeah. Oh, no. Mole kids and demon cats. Where the coronavirus is, is a hoax to get, (laughs) to get everyone to stay inside their house so that they can finally rescue the mole children children. from the, from all the underground tunnels. If this was all for the mole children, I'd be pissed. Yeah, because like, who cares? Me too. They should just stay down there. Well, apparently, allegedly they're sex slaves, but Oh, well then I don't want that. But if they're just like kids that like, are like, are half mole, I think of them as half half moles. moles, Half half mole. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah yeah (laughs) like you turn on a light and they look really quickly you know and then they like scurry away that's what i yeah they can stay they can stay underground (laughs) (laughs) so yeah underground tunnels mole kids uh demon cats um so according to the legend the cat is seen before presidential elections and tragedies in washington dc it was seen um, by white house security guards on the night before the assassination of john f kennedy and Abraham Lincoln. Wow. And they knew it was the demon cat. They didn't think it maybe it was just a cat. Good question. So the cat is described as fully black in the size of an average house cat. But when you see it, it swells to the size of a giant tiger 10 feet by 10 feet. <laughs> the cat would either then explode or pounce at the witness disappearing before it managed to catch its victim. So hopefully that answers any um, questions you had, Marianne. Sure. Thank you. Appreciate it. In the 1890s, the cat is said to have inexplicably vanished uh, when some Capitol Hill guards fired their guns at it. (laughs) But one of the guards (laughs) immediately had a heart attack upon seeing it. Uh Huh. Yeah. Um, So the last (laughs) official sighting of the alleged ghost cat was during the final days of the aftermath of World War II in the 1940s. And since it has the last sighting again. Yeah. So I don't know where it's at now, but um, it's in my front yard. (laughs) It's Yeah, it's it's Skeletor, that that (laughs) dang cat you feed. So, I mean, I'm not fully on board with demon cat, but you know, who knows? Uh, leaving room, leaving room in my, my brain and heart open for it. <laughs> um, the next is Abigail Adams. Even though Abigail Adams is dead, misogyny isn't. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Abigail Adams, the wife of President John Adams, is apparently doomed to haunt the laundry room of the White House for all of eternity. Presidents, staff members, and visitors have claimed to see her in the East Room of the White House carrying phantom clothing 
arms outstretched, asking guests if they have any more. Oh, no. That's horrifying. Women be shopping. (laughs) Do you have any more? (laughs) Do you have any more? I'm doing whites. Does anyone have any whites? Yeah, apparently when she's around, uh, you see her ghost or you can smell the scent of clean laundry and lavender. What a bummer. Is it you are a ghost and you have to do fucking laundry? Which leads me to the question, are there (laughs) chores in the afterlife? I did not realize that that was like a thing. Apparently, Would you guys rather be a ghost that had to do laundry in the afterlife or the dishes? I do laundry. Do I have a dishwasher? No. Yeah. And do I have you, a laundry machine? Oh, no. yeah. Do you got to scrub the with the thing, the washboard? Dishes. Dishes, dishes then. then. Dishes. Okay, but this stuff's really caked on on those dishes. Well, you soak it. You soak okay. it. Okay. All right. Yeah, laundry. I'd probably do dishes too. Yeah. My hot neighbor is like a dad and he has a <gasps> wife and two kids, but he oh. just went down the street with a, in a ra- on a razor scooter and his two little girls are on little bikes behind him. That's really cute. And I need to take a break to masturbate. (laughs) (laughs) That was so hot. Okay, anyways. um, Next is Dolly Madison, who I did a report on in fourth grade. And I'm pretty sure, (laughs) as a side note, that Dolly Madison might have invented the donut. Well, then I'm her biggest fan. But I didn't research that again. So, Maria, if while I'm talking, you want to give that a goog. (laughs) Yeah. So Dolly Madison, uh, apparently the ghost of Dolly Madison looks over the Rose Garden. And I was I was thinking, like, I wonder if she like haunts Melania or is going to like. Oh, because she totally terrorized Melania because she tore it up. Did you find anything, Maria? Well, it seems like the like Dolly Madison is a brand. It's like a bakery (laughs) brand. Oh, Oh. it's an. It's an American bakery brand owned by Hostess. They also do marketing associations with the Peanuts brand, you know, animated series. But it says that they started in 1937 and, you know, they do they do like Dolly Madison, like Twinkie type stuff, like zingers, snack cakes. I don't know if the president's wife was there, <laughs> the like Dolly Madison on wikipedia it started in 1937 although a dolly madison bakery appears in the 1932 movie officer 13 and was named after dolly madison the wife of president james madison it seems like i can't on dolly madison the woman's page on wikipedia i can't see anything with the heading of like donut well all I know is that for when I did a project in her in fourth grade, I brought in donuts for well, the class. Well, that makes and sense I'm- because she, because the Dolly Madison hostess brand is named after her. Yeah. I just like really got to know about this donut thing. Okay. Like, now what, they're why? saying something about ice cream. Dolly Madison and ice cream, the real scoop. Didn't Dolly Madison invent ice cream or was she just the first to serve it at the White House? Oh, that's where I'm at too now. They're saying no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Who introduced the Easter egg rolling on the White House. That she could do it all. Let me tell you, dude. Wow. Maybe the next biopic, like the next like big Hollywood movie. Would she be Dolly Madison? Yeah. Dolly Madison, our sweetest first lady. Okay. You guys like where I'm going with this? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, well, we'll move on. Why didn't you go yes, any sorry. further with it? Oh, I was just going to go back on to like what the episode was, but oh, we can because I thought you with... were starting something. I thought you were reading something and you were like Dolly Madison. No, no, no. 
No, that was just the title of the movie we're going to write about Dolly Madison. Oh, I get it. Yeah, for a lifetime. I don't see anything about donuts here. It, I they're do giving see how she she was the first person to serve ice cream in the White House. You know All what's right. really fun <laughs> is going back um, as looking at like old cookbooks from like the 1700s or the 1800s. Okay, so anyways, there's also an African-American <laughs> woman in a yellow dress and fancy shoes. Um, so, uh, this woman, she's dressed really beautifully in a yellow gown and she's allegedly, um, supposed to be the mistress of one of the presidents with unfinished business still haunting the grounds. Now we're getting into some juicy stuff. As we mentioned before, there were seances at the White House. If you haven't watched or listened to our seance episode with John Tenney, you should do so. Soft plug. So Abraham and uh, Mary Todd Lincoln's son, Willie Lincoln, uh, apparently haunts the White House, too. And he was even channeled during seances that took place there. Willie died of typhoid fever at 11 years old and has been haunting the White House ever since. Kind of like uh, the movie First Kid meets Casper. (laughs) Also, if you um, if you think about it, um, Er, earlier howard taft's military aide was like there's a ghost of a young boy here who like so maybe that was maybe that was willie lincoln it was typhoid willie yeah (laughs) old typhoid willie (laughs) that's such a horrible nickname um so after willie lincoln died uh after old typhoid willie died Mary Todd Lincoln started holding seances in the Red Room. And interestingly enough, um, seances and spiritualism had its roots in the 19th century. It was common uh, after and during the Civil War because it changed not only how like Americans understood death, but also how we mourned. Because like during Mm -hmm. the Civil War, so many soldiers uh, were going to war and dying um, and so people kind of turned to like, you know, there was the church, which is the most common method, but people started turning to like alternate methods to try to like reach their dead ones, oh, which okay. is how like the spiritualist movement kind of came off. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So Mary Todd Lincoln first turned to spiritualism after her son Willie died in February of 1862. Uh, typhoid Willie was 11 years old and died of typhoid fever. Mary, to- I'm afraid he's going to haunt me now. Mary Todd <laughs> Lincoln was overwhelmed with grief, completely inconsolable, until she was offered some unexpected relief. She was introduced to the Lorries, who were a uh, well-known group of mediums that were located in Georgetown. She became enamored by the mediums and the seances they held and decided to hold seances herself uh, to try to channel Willie right there in the White House in the Red Room. She hosted as many as eight seances and Abe Lincoln allegedly was a guest at a couple of them. After the seances, Mary Todd wrote her sister saying, Willie lives. He comes to me every night and stands at the foot of the bed with the same sweet, adorable smile that he always had. He does not always come alone. Little Eddie, which is her son that uh, died at age four, is sometimes with him. So she like brought these ghosts into the house, apparently through the seances. But it doesn't end there. And I'll post this picture because it's like absolutely insane. Um, There is a spirit photography photo of the very alive Mary Todd Lincoln with the very dead Abraham Lincoln. 
taken by famed spirit photographer William H. Mumler in 1872 in Boston. Um, however, spirit photography was debunked even at that time, and Mumler was seen as a fraud, but Mary Todd Lincoln was just like really desperate to yeah. see her husband and everything, so she got the picture taken anyway and like believed it. Um, I think like spirit photography, and we did an episode on it, but I think it's just like double, um, what is it called? Exposure. Yeah, I think it's like just like double exposure. So the picture actually became super popular at the time and was circulated widely because people missed Abraham Lincoln so much. Mm. Um, it's like this picture of Mary Todd sitting in a chair and then like ghost because he's like he was dead. He'd been assassinated. Yeah. And then it's like a ghost Abraham Lincoln like behind like touching her shoulder. In fact, it served as a symbol to many wives that their husbands, sons, fathers and brothers who had died during the Civil War could possibly still be with them watching from the afterlife. Well, that's nice. Which is so sweet. And then finally, we talked about this a little bit, but Jenna Bush really <laughs> revealed some spooky stuff to Kelly Clarkson. Was on it on Kelly, Kelly Clarkson's. Clarkson's show? It was on the Kelly Clarkson show, I think. Um, So the daughter of George Bush, both the daughters, it's Jenna and like her twin sister or whatever. What? Right? Or like her sister? Don't they? I think they're twins, two of them? but they're sisters. Same thing. Yeah. Um, so Barbara. they also had parents. Barbara is this. Barbara yes. the mom. I believe the mom. I believe it's the sister's name too. Double Barbara. All right. Well, <laughs> Jenna, Jenna, and Barbara uh, reported paranormal experiences when they lived in the White House as uh, teenagers or like their early twenties or whatever it was. So she said it woke us up in the middle of the night. She explained. We had a fireplace in our room and all of a sudden we started hearing like 1920s piano music as clear as day coming out of the fireplace. It was so spooky that Jenna said she jumped in her sister's bed. We were both awake. The next week we heard the same thing, but opera music, she said. It sounds like someone was listening to music in another Okay. Room. That's what I yeah. was like. Someone was listening, and it was just traveled through the pipes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She said that she she told their like Secret Service agent, being like, "Oh my god, we heard music in our room last night," and like he apparently was like, "Well, you should you should know the things that I've heard around here, like ghost wise or something like that." Is what he again? To I see your Secret Service agent scaring you, like the, the one that's supposed to protect you is like, "Well, no, this place is freaky." So I can't do a thing about it. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Um, so those are some of the ghosts that allegedly or not allegedly, you know, haunt the White House, believe it or not. And I mean, apparently Washington, D.C. in itself is a pretty uh, spooky place. We are going to have an interview uh, right now with Erin Dunn. She works with a company, DC by Foot. They do ghost tours in DC. Unfortunately, their White House ghost tour is unable uh, to run right now because the area around the White House is closed uh, due to COVID and probably all that Trump business. But they're hoping to bring it back in 2021. Um, and Aaron is going to answer some questions for us about, uh, everything spooky in DC. Awesome. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Erin! Thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Happy to do it. So first, uh, will you introduce yourself and like the company that you work for? Yeah. Um, so I'm Erin Dickey Dunn and I'm a tour guide at DC by foot. I've been working for DC by foot now for, I guess, eight years. I am one of our part-time guides. I am also an elementary school teacher. So I teach sixth grade on the side. Well, I do this on the side. I teach. Do your kids know that you're also do ghost tours? Um, yeah. So I try to go ahead and flip that in about halfway through the year. And then they spend the rest of the year trying to con me into telling them ghost stories during class. That's awesome. So. You'd be the coolest teacher of yeah. all time. Like my teacher teaches sixth grade and is also does ghost tours. It, it gets pretty interesting. And there tends to be a lot of debates each year about paranormal spirits. If our classroom is haunted, oh I've been my known God. to go ahead and say certain <laughs> weird things happen in the classroom. When they oh my God. Wait. So now I have a whole other question. Have any of your classrooms ever been haunted? Um, so <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. I don't think my specific classroom has been haunted, okay. but I do think I have been in some schools where some weird things have been going on. I'm classically one of those teachers who stays really late. Yeah. Um, I tend, well, before I had my daughter, I was usually like one of the last people to leave the building. Wow. And uh, those hallways get very creepy and you start to hear certain things and... Oh my God. Is it an old school? 1950s. So (laughs) there are certain parts of the building. Yeah. Like a little bit older, but not not like... some other parts, not like some other schools that I've built like in yeah. 1918 or anything like that. But listen, that. haunted is haunted. Doesn't mean, doesn't matter <laughs> if it's new haunted or old haunted. Ghost to ghost. 
So how did you get into ghost tours? Like, how does one get into that business? Well, I actually got into it because my best friend. My best friend is a full-time ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And she's a ghost. Surprise. No. (laughs) Um, My best friend and I went to college together, moved up here to DC. I started teaching. And about a year in, I was looking for something to do in my spare time. And she said, hey, you really love history. You're a great storyteller. You should come try and do some tours with us. And um, the Ghosts of Georgetown tour that we do kind of landed, it landed in my lap. You know, I had a really fun time with it and I love telling a good story and I love working in dramatic pauses and really kind of feeling (laughs) the, the environment and the, the, the vibe of the moment. And it, it just stuck and I kept on doing it and I've taken all kinds of people on ghost tours, my family, different teachers. We've done happy hours. We've any celebs, any celebs go on your ghost tours. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, can you tell, (laughs) um, so one celebrity, I always forget his name, but it's one of those faces. Like you've seen him in a ton of stuff, like a character actor. Yeah. Like I know him from that Aaron Sorkin uh, movie, The American President. Yeah. Like I've seen him Jeff Daniels. in there. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've had them on there. I've seen, uh, oh, actually uh, going along with today, uh, I saw John Kerry. He lives like about a block away from where our tour route oh my God. is in Georgetown. And I would see him a couple of times out walking his dog and he would kind of listen into the story. That's so cool. <laughs> That's amazing. So I guess like to that effect, your route and what it is you do, can you tell us a little bit about like the haunted history of DC or like what the most prominent haunted places are? Yeah. Um, So we actually do a couple of different ghost tours. Our main one is our Ghost of Georgetown tour. And that starts at the oldest um, structure in all of Washington, D.C., this place called Old Stone House. And Old Stone House has had multiple stories about it throughout the years. It's now a national park, so people can go in um, during non-pandemic times, can go in (laughs) uh, free of charge. And there have been a lot of people who've experienced things up on the top floor who said that they have felt someone standing behind them when no one is there, particularly women who are left alone on the top floor. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah, and... They have not only felt people behind them, but there have been um, other reports of people like kind of feeling pressure on their chest and feeling like that shortness of breath. Um, The way I've heard it described is kind of that um, fight or flight reflex kicking in, but not really knowing why it has kicked in. Oh, wow. Just like an immediate sense of fear when you're up there. Yeah, yeah. So we have Old Stone House, which, like I said, has multiple stories. And then we kind of wind back through the neighborhood. And then um, we we have to end at the Exorcist stairs near Georgetown University. So. so those, I the the movie The Exorcist, the set was allegedly like haunted, right? Yeah, there's a lot of great stories coming out of yeah. the filming of that movie, and a lot of strange things happen, including various pieces of sets um, breaking, stunt equipment breaking. People, it was notorious for having actors and actresses get injured in the film, including um, Ellen Burstyn. There is this one part of the film where she goes up to her daughter who's played by Linda Blair 
and her daughter who's possessed slaps her and sends her flying across the room and Ellen Burstyn lets out this gut-wrenching scream and that's because she had actually fractured her back <gasps> in that scene. Really? Holy shit. Yeah, the harness that they were kind of using to pull her across the room to a padded part of the room while it broke. And so she flew right into a dresser. Oh my God. God. And they used that footage in the film. Oh yeah. So fucked up. The best take. We talked about also like the exorcist, that movie is based on a real exorcism. I think of that like boy, I think like, I can't remember his name, but I think, I think it's based on a real exorcism. Yeah. So they refer, they gave um, that boy kind of a a moniker for his name, Roland. Uh, That's how they typically refer to him. And he lived in Maryland, had a lot of strange things happen to him. Uh, In some reports, it kind of um, correlated with his aunt passing away and him trying to reach her uh, through means of a Ouija board. And then a lot of strange things started happening. And his mother became convinced that he was somehow um, possessed or that there were spirits that were around him. And they couldn't find him help in this area. So eventually he ends up getting sent away to his cousins in St. Louis. And it's there he apparently goes through an exorcism. Oh, Jesus. That's why you shouldn't mess with Ouija boards. Um, Yes. Which we've done. Um, so tell me a little bit what you know about like the, the White House specifically being haunted and like anything that's happened there. Yeah. So one of our other tours is our White House ghost tour. Yeah. And it's widely accepted in Washington, DC that the White House is probably the most haunted place in all of Washington, DC. Oh my God. It has this reputation on a national stage as well as in our community. Now, of course, being in Washington, typically a lot of our ghost stories have to do with government buildings, have to do with, you know, this spirit shows up when something bad is happening in our country or when misfortune is right around the corner. That's where you'll hear with a lot of our ghost stories. But our favorite ghost here in Washington, D.C. is President Abraham Lincoln. Hell yeah. And probably the most cited ghost at the White House. (laughs) That's so crazy. What do you what do you know about these, um, if anything, about the seances that they held at the White House? So Mary Todd Lincoln was um, a spiritualist, as it's widely known. After she loses her son, Willie, in 1860. Two, she widely reaches out for clairvoyance and people to perform seances so that she can go ahead and contact her son. He did go ahead and hold seances in the White House and typically held in the Red Room. Oh, my God. That's weird because The Shining. Oh, my God. Red Room. Oh, my God. Okay. Like The Shining, Red Room, and then Murder, and then it's in the Red Room. Red, red rum. rum. I think they're saying red well, rum. Yeah, but I mean, like, we can. But then what liber- does the shining have to do with it? Because in the shining, they say red room, red room. And it just like sounds kind of like red room and then <laughs> seance and like. Murder. <laughs> I don't know. OK, sorry. Keep yeah, going. I get it. <laughs> I get it, Allie. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good thing to say. Thank you. If, if you um, pull up pictures of it, it really is kind of a creepy room once you find out that there have been seances really? in there because it's very visceral. It's a bright, aggressive red. There are a lot of people at the time who believed that the clairvoyants who she were, that 
the clairvoyants that Mary Todd Lincoln was talking to were um, frauds. Yeah. And so there were some people who thought that they were just trying to take advantage of her. But Lincoln was one to go ahead and indulge his wife's whims because he really felt like they could possibly help give her a little bit of comfort in this time. Um, She was so convinced after some of these seances that she wrote her sister talking about how Willie lives and how she has seen him at the end of her bed in the White House. These letters can be pretty heartbreaking, but there is a story that at one of the seances she attended in Georgetown, Lincoln happened to come with her and a grand piano was flipped over during that. Holy (laughs) shnikes. That's heavy. <laughs> that's Literally. crazy. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> do you know who, like, obviously it was her and the medium, but like, do you know who else attended these seances? Was it like her friends or who was it? So, most likely, it would have been some of the people who were in her close inner circle. Um, you know, usually when you hear them described, you hear that there were a few people there but they don't usually specifically list the names. She didn't have a lot of friends in Washington. Uh, She was not widely liked by Washington society. So chances are it was probably some of those figures who kind of were close to her throughout her time in the White House who she really depended on and confided in. Well, I can imagine not being like, she was like a weirdo who like, I mean, I, I like seances, but like for then it was probably weird that she was like a first lady who was like holding seances oh, in the yeah. White House. I can imagine how that yeah. would. Yeah. I mean, like imagine if like Michelle Obama was like holding seances in the White <laughs> that House. That would be people amazing. Would be like, That's kind of weird, <laughs> that you know? Would be awesome. I mean, we would like it, but like some people I imagine would be like, that's a little off. Can I ask a question, Allie? Yeah, please do, because I'm I'm almost out. Um, have you heard the stories of Andrew Jackson walking the halls? Yeah. <laughs> And do you know why he's doing that? Like, why is he freaking out all the time? So, well, Andrew Jackson, just his personality was very gruff and aggressive. (laughs) And he didn't really like a lot of people. And usually what you hear with Andrew Jackson's spirit is that he's constantly cursing. He's constantly (laughs) saying swear words. And so that gets a lot of people going. Mary Todd Lincoln was actually someone who said that she swore that Andrew Jackson was haunting the White House and that she had heard him swearing up a storm. Typically, wow. he's around the Rose Room, and the Rose Room was used to be his bedroom. So oh. it could be that that was a common area that he was typically in and that that's where he is drawn to from the spirit world. Um, I've heard some people say that he's kind of a prankster-like spirit, so he might be just trying to that's have some fun. fun listen to people yeah <laughs> i wonder what swear word he's using um probably all of them blast darn <laughs> gosh darn it gosh darn it um heck oh i have a question about dolly madison she's ha- she ha- looks over the rose garden that she planted yeah. and she protects it apparently Yeah. So um, it was during the Wilson administration that there was a project where they were going to go ahead and revamp part of the Rose Garden. And the story goes that workers went out there, but then they came right back because they said that there was an angry woman screaming (gasps) at them to get out of the Rose Garden. And that's attributed to Dolly Madison. Um, Dolly Madison also haunts a couple of other buildings near the White House. Uh, We have the Dolly Madison House, which is right off of Lafayette Square Park, right on the um, north side of the White House. It's 
it's this, this yellow house that she lived in. There are some people who say that she haunts the house and that um, she kind of looks out over Lafayette Square Park. Um, Famously, during the Madison administration, there was also, uh, you know, the fire, the British fire to the White House and it burned down. And while the White House was being rebuilt, um, the Madison stayed at this place called the Octagon House, which is just a couple blocks away from the White House. And there are people who say that the constant smell of lavender and lilacs in the octagon house supposed to signify that Dolly Madison is near, that her spirit is near. I also heard that, um, who was it? Abigail Adams, uh, the laundry, laundry ghost, um, always carrying <laughs> laundry, laundry that she also has like the scent of lavender or like clean clothing. Yeah. So Abigail Adams, the scent of freshly done laundry. Um, she, when the Adams family <laughs> moved in, exactly. When the Adams family moved into the white house, only part of the white house was actually done. Oh. And what is now the East State Room was still being constructed. So that's where Abigail Adams would hang up her laundry to dry. And oftentimes this task, even though she had servants helping her, she had people helping her, um, the laundry tended to default to her. And so she was very angry getting her laundry Mm -hmm. down. And so there are people who say that they have seen her spirit angrily walking into the East State Room with her her basket of laundry and the scent of freshly done laundry. Oh my God. That is so crazy. I have a question that's unrelated. Do you know if Dolly Madison invented the donut? Because apparently she introduced ice cream to the White House. Okay, I have heard the ice cream story. Okay. Okay. Or I have heard that about ice cream. We just went on a weird Dolly tangent earlier and we just like couldn't figure out. We knew that she had something to do with sweets, but we didn't know. Because there's like a Dolly Madison like part of the hostess company apparently it's but and it's named after her well maybe the only thing i can kind of think of is um you know she was known for she was really the first first lady to be known as like a great party thrower and a great hostess oh, okay. in oh. the white house and she was legendary for hosting parties oh in fact when she moved back to DC and retired in that little yellow house off of Lafayette square park. Um, people would stop by her home in droves and she would open up her home because she was just so famous for her hospitality. And then they would go to the white house, but they would stop by her oh, home wow. first. So maybe that's, that's what it is. Maybe she was such hostess. a hostess and then hostess. Uh-huh. Yeah. There it is. Wow. And I will say that donuts <laughs> did originate by Dutch settlers um, in New York. Um, okay. okay. Uh, so I think that maybe I should know, make an amends ma- to my fourth grade class. Well, but I think what you did was brought in Dolly Madison baked treats, which is yeah. like a donut. Yeah. And I'm just remembering it, Aaron, to catch you up. In fourth grade, <laughs> I did a report on Dolly Madison <laughs> and I remember bringing in donuts. In my memory, I thought that Dolly Madison invented the donut. Now, looking back, I probably just brought in Dolly Madison brand donuts mm-hmm. and talked about how she she was under the hostess Fair. umbrella. 
The more you know. Um, okay. Aaron, if people want to find you or your company, uh, where can they reach you? So if you just go to free tours by foot, um, you can visit us at our website. We're also on Instagram and we are on Twitter and you can reach us through social media and our website. We do also run tours in other cities such as New York City, New Orleans, Charleston. And so we definitely have way more, um, ghost tours than just in Washington, D.C. Awesome. Cool. Aaron, thank you so, so much. And good luck um, teaching during this weird uh, pandemic time. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for doing the Lord's work. <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Uh, we also have friend of the pod and king of the discord, Daniel <laughs> Tana. He is pretty knowledgeable about haunted DC and he is going to tell us a little bit about everything that he knows about the White House being haunted, Washington DC being haunted and everything spooky. So he sent us kind of just like a story and some clips about everything that he knows. We're super lucky. Thank you, uh, Daniel. Obviously, you are a fan and pod favorite. He actually sent us quite a few stories. So we're going to play one for this episode, and then we're going to save the rest for a future bonus episode. So uh, here is Daniel giving us the Haunted Washington scoop. Hey, web crawlers! This is Daniel Tana. Longtime listener. Uh, <laughs> sorry, never mind. Um, anyways, so the first place I wanted to talk about is the Octagon, which is one of, if not the, it has the reputation as being one of, if not the most haunted places in D.C. It is sort of right around the corner from the White House, like a couple blocks away on New York Avenue. It has a lot of legends associated with it. And so I used to work for an organization that had a uh, historic preservation easement on that property. Uh, and so I would go there for annual easement inspections. And after I left that job and felt like it was no longer unprofessional to do so, I asked one of the docents there about the ghost stories because I had always been curious about it, but didn't want to like, you know, get fired for asking about it. Um, so there are several different legends there. And when I asked her about this in 2015, I think she told me that their policy is that they don't deny the idea that there could be ghosts, but they just try to provide as much evidence as they can so that people can draw their own conclusions. And then she gave me this document from 1982 where they had an intern that did just this extensive research into the history of ghost stories there uh, and, you know, was able to trace most of their legends back to a specific newspaper article or something like that uh, so that they could date them. And she went on to tell me that the biggest two stories, which are about the the owners, his name was, uh, I think, John Taylor, Colonel, Colonel Taylor, falling down the stairs and all that stuff are not true and are kind of demonstrably false. And there's, there's not only no evidence for them actually happening, but there's evidence that contradicts that they could have happened in the way that was described. So I'll get into those first because it's kind of a wet blanket moment uh, as a historian to debunk those ones, which I think Allie mentioned on the Patreon episode. Basically, the story is that two of his Colonel Taylor's daughters are said to haunt the octagon. The first one died right before the War of 1812. She was in a relationship with a British officer. 
that was stationed in D.C., and she got in an argument with her father, Colonel Taylor. She turned in anger to go down the main staircase in the in the building, and she either fell down the stairs or over the railing, and she died. People supposedly see her specter crumpled on the floor or on the stairs, and um, sometimes it just looks like a candle light floating up the staircase. And the other one is uh, supposed to have occurred around 1817 or shortly thereafter. Another one of the colonel's daughters uh, had eloped with a young man and made her dad really angry. They got in an argument, and they were on the third floor landing, and she turned around to go down the stairs and fell to her death down the stairs or over the railing, and her ghost is supposed to haunt the third floor landing. So there is no evidence of these stories, like there's nothing in the records uh, before 1908 that could be found, and there's also evidence that indicates that none of the Taylor's daughters actually died in the octagon. So the only ones that were even like remotely close in age... One died in 1800 at the age of one month, and so that couldn't have been her. She never lived there. Another one named Rebecca died in 1815, which is pretty close, at the age of 18, but she died of an illness, and at that time, uh, the Taylors weren't living in the octagon. It was being rented out by President Madison, and they were living in Richmond County, Virginia, in their estate that's called Mount Airy. Um, And then the, the next one was Elizabeth Taylor, who died in 1832 at the age of 26, and she did die in Washington, D.C., but not at the Octagon House. She, um, And at the time of her death, her father had already been dead for several years. So it couldn't have been her either. And then the remaining four daughters that they had all died over the age of 38. And they were all, uh, they all died well after the death of their father. So the next legend from the Octagon House, uh, which I will not be debunking, and all the rest of the ones that I'll talk about uh, have some historical evidence. So no more wet blanket historian stuff. Uh, this one is just known as the bells. Um, the servant bells in the house are known to ring on their own. So these are the bells that like, if you've ever watched Downton Abbey or whatever, you know, you could ring a little thing in your room and there were a series of wires that ran through the wall or, or whatever. And so down in the servant's kitchen, a bell would ring and they would know who was ringing it and they would know who to go check in on. And so the Octagon has this legend that the service bells will just start violently and unexplained ringing. Virginia Taylor Lewis, who was a granddaughter of Colonel John Taylor III, who was who the house was built for, wrote about this legend in uh, an unpublished like manuscript of hers. But the next one is about this uh, ghost watch, not like a timepiece that's haunted. But in 1888, uh, 12 men decided to spend the night in the house in order to prove the legends wrong. So there was this firsthand account that was printed in a local newspaper and then was subsequently quoted or paraphrased in articles printed in 1892, 1934, 1941, 1950, and 1969. Nice. Uh, the hours wore quietly on. The party were dispersed from garret to cellar. At the hour of midnight, as I and two others were crossing the threshold of a room on the second floor, three feminine shrieks rose from the center of the room. Aghast, we stood. From all quarters, the party rushed. And then I am jumping ahead to another section. Too brave to desert, yet cowards at heart, we watched the gray light of morning dawn, and each man of us thanked God his night among ghosts was past. After those screams, our band was closely knit together. Collectively, we listened through the waning hours of night to the clanking of sabers and tramping of footfalls. And this is from the Taylor Mansion, uh, source unknown, it says, but it does have a date on the top of it, which is June 12th, 1892. Uh, the next ghost at the Octagon is the Man in Black. The first sighting of this ghost was by a doctor who visited the Octagon on a house call. And 
since then, this ghost seems to have been exclusively by uh, the maintenance men who work in the house at night. And I think the legend is that he's never been seen by a woman uh, at all. So here's a little more detail about that doctor's account. And this is all being quoted. A doctor who made a house call at the Octagon had a strange encounter on the stairway. Caretaker James Cypress had summoned the physician for his ailing wife. The doctor was preparing to leave when he mustered up enough courage to ask Cypress if there was a costume party going on that evening. No, there isn't, Cypress replied. The doctor looked perplexed and told him of encountering a man on the stairs just a few moments before who had been dressed in a military uniform of the early 1800s. And then there are two accounts. One is from 1970s. A maintenance man named Walter Rush was working there late one night, vacuuming the stairs between the first and second floor and saw a man wearing dark black clothing from approximately the late 19th century and a tall hat walking up the stairs. And then he tipped his hat to the maintenance man and continued past him and disappear. And then in 1981, there was another maintenance man named Myron, who was on the second floor landing one night, heard a noise on the first floor, kind of looked over the handrail and saw a man dressed in black walking through the stair hall. So that's terrifying. Well, um, ghosts, (laughs) ghosts, am I right? Ghosts, guys. Ghosts, am I right? This is what happens when you uh, record the outro separate. Um, (laughs) So if you know any uh, stories about, you know, the White House being haunted or any um, important monuments near you being haunted, uh, please let us know. Um, Melissa, where can people reach us? You can email us at a webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at webcrawlerspod. Yes, and please, uh, if you want uh, access to videos of all our uh, podcast episodes, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash webcrawlers, baby. Anyways, I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa... Hostess with the mostest. Mm. And I'm Maria Dolly Madison Blasucci. Yeah, you are. Um, bye. Bye. An Elio's original. Powered by ACAST. 
every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.